0: Welcome to another great episode of Sports Matters. I am your host, Kevin Drake, and sitting across from me, your other host, Mr. Matt Burt Sports. How are you doing this morning?
1: Not too bad. How are you?
0: Great, great. And we also have a returning guest on hold right now. His name is Jason Sass. He once interned with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. He's also a youth football coach. And we want to welcome you back to the show. Jason, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing this morning? Excellent. It's a beautiful morning this morning. I don't know what the weather's like up there in seattle we're in our kind of like our fall slash winter season
2: yeah for sure it's been crazy you know this fall it's usually super raining around this time it's usually really cold but we've been you know really lucky um hasn't been too bad we've only had probably five days of rain um, you know, all the way so far this year. So, you know, holding out hope for some more good weather. Oh yeah, I mean,
1: well, here is pretty overcast. So
0: yeah, when you're closer to the coast, you generally get a little bit of that overcast. The sunsets have been amazing. Jason, how have you been? Uh, I know you're a youth football
2: coach. So, what do you? What is it that you coach? Yeah. For? So I've been doing great. Um. So yeah, like I, the last time I was on the show, I believe I was down in Tucson, Arizona, at the University of Arizona. I was coaching that um, you know, pop Warner football team down there, and then I kind of just moved up here, and then uh, the team I actually grew up playing for. Kind of just reached out to me out of nowhere. Asked if I'd be interested in coaching again, and kind of offered me, you know, a head coaching position for the age groups is nine through eleven. Um, and I, you know, accepted it. It's been, you know, so much fun. I got a, a great group of kids over here. We're three and four. You know, looking to go to four and four and make the playoffs. But yeah, no, it's been a been a blast. I love doing it. So, what is it
0: like coaching? You know, kids at that age group between nine and eleven.
2: It's definitely, it's a lot different for sure than, you know, the 12 and 13s and, and down in Tucson. There's just, you know, the uh, attention span is a lot different. You know, the passion for the game is a lot different. But, you know, it's my job. is kind of, you know, to build that passion, you know, make the kids start to like the game for the right reason. And I think that once you can kind of accomplish that, then, you know, it's it's, it's all a common goal from there on. It's just, it's you know, building that original trust with the players and making sure that they know that, you know, I'm... I'm just there to, you know, help them not only get better on the football field but just in life too. I think once you break down that little barrier right there, then it's just it's smooth sailing. It's a great time.
1: What's your advice for motivating um, kids around that age, 9 to 11?
2: Just be just be cool with them. Like, I mean, I'm in a position where, you know, I I just, you know, I like messing around with the kids. I don't take it too seriously because I definitely don't think that they do. But I think the biggest thing is build trust with them. You know, if they know that you're there not just cuz you know, you like coaching football because, you, because you're there to actually help them grow up. You know, I don't have any relatives in this program. I don't have any sons, daughters, brothers playing um, on the team. So they know I'm just out there because, you know, I generally want to see them succeed. And I think that's definitely the biggest thing is just building that trust and, you know, just building the players up, not breaking them down too hard. So uh, do you let them do Fortnite dances? Oh, I have to let them do Fortnite dances, especially when they get pick sixes. You know, they're allowed to do whatever they want. Uh, <laughs> Coach Jason says that he'll take the penalty on him. <laughs> um, if something too bad goes wrong, as long as I keep it appropriate, I let, I let them have fun out there. But oh my gosh, they're doing Fortnite dances all the time um, in practice, games, whatever it would be. Can't get them to stop. <laughs>
0: So is it more, what what about the skill set? Are you teaching them a
2: little bit of the skill set of the game? Yeah, so a lot of it's just tackling. At this age group, you can't really teach too much in terms of mechanics, in terms of running, throwing, catching, but um, just making sure that they're tackling safe, that's the biggest thing. You know, we spend at least, you know, 30 minutes a day just on pure tackling technique. Um, And then the other part would just be kind of repping plays, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball, just to make sure, you know, um, at this age group, you kind of just got to rely on your athletes. So you put the ball in your athlete's hands and you let them go out and have fun. Um, you know, the, our offensive line has been working extremely hard to, you know, get better, especially for how young they are. But, yeah, you know, at this age group, it's mostly just tackling technique. That's the biggest thing, making sure, you know, they're learning how to play the game the a safe way because um, you never know if these kids are going to have coaches in the future who are necessarily going to know because – just uh, they might not, not necessarily know how to tackle correctly It's really important at least if we can do our part make sure that they're doing whatever they can to be able to play the game for a very long time
0: absolutely so, it's better to teach them young and teach them the right way and then it just becomes habit for them so that way that you're right they can have a long career they can yeah, have you know be
2: very exactly safe. you know it's the whole like the way of tackling has progressed too has changed literally so much in the last just five years so the way i was um you know was taught to tackle when i was in youth football has completely changed right now and i'm very fortunate to have a coach you know um coaching with me who's you know been a high school coach he's been a college coach he's been around the block he really knows what he's talking about so i'm kind of just soaking up all the information i can from him as well and it's just been a great experience but yeah
0: what a great opportunity that is just to be right under his wing and just soaking up all that knowledge, Matt. Oh yeah,
1: and just to know him in general, but uh, I was going to say do you think this new tackling kind of teaching the right way to tackle will help give a lot more
2: I definitely think the positives to it. Let's say like that. Like if you're if you're looking at somebody and you have somebody running across from your left to your right instead of, you know, putting your head and your neck in front of their body to you help stop their momentum, they're completely changing that, you know. So if they're running on your right side, we're hitting with our right shoulder, you know, keeping your head and neck safe, um, you know, from contact as opposed to what kid my age um, or even a little bit younger than me might have been taught so it's definitely it's a learning curve for sure it's a learning curve for all of the coaches to help teach that but at the end of the day it's just about you know protecting especially at this young age i don't necessarily know if that's how they're teaching it at the high school level but at this young age we're definitely trying to make sure kids are keeping their necks and heads out of the way i totally understand you know the point of it and why it's being taught that way
1: so for people who say that kids shouldn't play youth football this early on, what would you have to say to argue against that?
2: I would say I completely understand your concerns. I completely understand why a lot of people wouldn't put their kids in that situation but i also think the game of football teaches you life lessons that nothing else in the world can i don't i don't think that there's not necessarily even a sport but just you know activity that emulates life as much as the game of football does you get knocked down you got to get back up you know some games you prepare super hard and you play a team that's worse than you and you just come out and get beat and you got to learn from your mistakes and you got to go back home especially the coaches you got to watch it it's just all about getting back up and picking yourself up picking your teammates up you know there's not one bigger team sport out there than football you know if one person doesn't do their job job, a whole play can go absolutely just bad. So I definitely think, I totally understand You know the whole safety aspect. I would definitely never encourage a parent who is genuinely worried about the safety of their child to put them out on the football field. But, you know, as somebody who my kids will be playing football someday um, and someone who's been around the game, especially at the youth level, I definitely think that there's just so many valuable life lessons that can be taught in that game. And I definitely think, you know, if you're, if you're comfortable with sending your kid out there, I definitely think it's, you know, beneficial.
1: Yeah, I think the new tackling strategies that they're putting in place at the youth level is going to help make the game a lot safer in general. I think that a lot of the, the time we see these highlight plays of people just getting ran over. And I mean, mm-hmm. that's not necessarily safe leading with the crown of your helmet. I think that's kind of like the biggest thing and it's good to hear that they're trying to fight against that especially in the youth level because you start on this early and then it kind of like progresses from there.
2: Of course yeah all the coaches we have to go through concussion protocol we have to go through tackling protocol it's not like you just sign up to be a youth football coach and you're just welcomed out on the field you have to go through all sorts of different you know heads up training and get different certifications and pass different exams and stuff to you know be able to even be out there so we're definitely putting our players in positions where they can be safe or at least be taught how to play the game the right way.
0: It's great really attack this at a very young age is being very safe but I want to get back to the team building concept I totally agree with you Jason I think there's just nothing more than football is just such a big team sport as it is but learning at a young age to work together as a one unit just how gratifying that is
2: yeah it's really cool especially to see how it progresses throughout the season you know in the very beginning when kids might not know each other that well it's definitely a little bit harder to you know kind of preach that especially as the season goes on and we win games together and you lose games together it's, it's very fun to watch it's very sad find to see these kids just grow up in such a short amount of time for sure.
0: Prepares them for real life. What goes on yeah. through the stages going to junior high, then high school, then college. <laughs> yep. And yep. in the real world, what you're experiencing right now.
2: Yep. It's, it's nice. always, you know, interesting, especially when we get to the conditioning part of practice, where they gotta, you know, they gotta get better at the end of the day, and I'll run with them sometimes just to make sure that they understand that we're all in it together, but, like, I preach to them, you know, I've been through what they're doing, and I'm not coaching them to be like me, I'm coaching them to be better than I was at that age group, so, yeah, no, it's definitely, you know, it's a great experience and a great opportunity for all of them. I
0: think this is such a great opportunity for you, and I think it's an awesome experience, you know, where do you want to go with this?
2: I don't know, man, I'm just riding it out right now. I love coaching youth football. I don't have any interest in going to the high school level right now or even moving up, at least at this point in my life. You know, I think that I genuinely have a you know opportunity to impact uh younger kids' lives. I definitely think that's something I succeed with doing, um, at least at this point. And, you know, I just love it so much. I don't necessarily see any reason for me to leave. You know, someday, once I'm, you know, really set in my career and I'm in a comfortable position, I would definitely love to, you know, move up and do coaching more as a you know, career. But at this point in my life, I'm just enjoying it as much as I can and you know, just trying to make the world a better place.
0: Absolutely. You're certainly doing your part—that's for sure. Well, I appreciate you. We appreciate you yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, do you watch any NFL football? I'm a huge NFL football guy. Yeah. I know you. Inter- <laughs>
1: like, do, you do you breathe air? Do
0: you breathe air along with watching football? Yeah. More importantly, do you breathe when you watch football?
2: What
1: were your thoughts of this uh, past weekend?
2: How about those uh, New England Patriots? That's one of the things I have to say. I definitely think that that team is going to win the uh, win the Super Bowl this year. I definitely think Tom Brady is just going to add another ring to his collection. I think that that team is pretty close to unbeatable right now. I think the two uh, games that they lost you know, early on in the season, I definitely think that they've made their corrections, and I think that this team is just going to run away with it for the rest of the season.
1: Wow, he pulls the hot takeout early. He goes the hotte. He gets right into it. I love it. I love it. it. Yeah. it. gets right into it.
0: I agree because they're fully healthy. They got all their weapons. They didn't even have Gronk against Chicago, and they oh, still no. pull that victory
1: off. Yeah, Tom Brady's pretty good at football. They added Josh Gordon. Maybe he's a physical specimen, and he if had four he's able to
0: for hundred two yards, well, he's great.
1: been he's been consistently getting better as the season's been as yes. he's building chemistry with Tom Brady. So we haven't seen you know the peak sum of that trade. Had Josh Gordon last game. Like you are saying, four catches, 100 yards. It's going to only get better from here. He's going to get more catching opportunities. You get Julian Edelman bad. You still have Chris Hogan, who's been kind of having an interesting kind of year up and down. But he had a couple of good weeks here and there. You got Gronkowski, who's a little banged up right now. But he's always banged up.
0: Yeah. It's just such a well-run organization. You take the Sunday night game. They flex the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. It was awesome seeing Patrick Mahomes. He's oh, just amazing. He's Watching that game, it's just like you watch the Bengals just making a mistake after mistake after mistake. In the previous Sunday night game, you didn't see the Patriots making that mistake. Yes, the Chiefs were scoring at will, but so were the Patriots. They are matching them, and they got the stop when they need it, and they got the go-ahead field goal. The problem with that game was the Chiefs scored too fast to tie it, no, no, King Tom Brady with a little over two minutes to go. I mean, come on. <laughs> what yeah. are your thoughts on the Chiefs this year?
2: You know, I think that it's honestly too early to tell with the, uh, with the Chiefs. You know, I definitely think Mahomes is definitely going to bring a different element to this game. I definitely think that, you know, at least offensively, they're a whole lot better than they have been in recent past. Um, but, you know, the Chiefs always start off like this. They always start off hot. Um, it's always got to be about how they finish. So I'm definitely interested to see you know how Andy Reid and this team can kind of continue it moving forward, but I think the Chiefs have started five and zero a bunch of times in the last five seasons. Um, you know, struggle to make it past that first round of the playoffs. So I definitely think that at least offensively, they're they're set up to go. You know, deeper into the playoffs for sure. But I think there's a lot of good teams in the AFC that they're going to have to compete with for sure. So I'm definitely, you know, anxious to kind of see how the rest of the season goes out.
0: They certainly have to keep winning because if they end up with the same record as the Patriots, then they'll have to go to New England. I think they'll have a better yep. chance of beating the Patriots at Arrowhead than uh, a Much Pearl. better chance, yep.
1: AFC in general, you could kind of come down to a couple of teams. It always has been like that. Do we put the Chiefs in that kind of category of where the Steelers have been in the previous years? Do we put them there this soon? Because last year, Kansas City literally did the same exact thing, but with Alex... They're Smith not the same
0: team as last year. Though. I agree this with that. So I agree with that. Team. their quarterback has thrown 22 touchdowns. They also interceptions. I will they point got out speed. They got
1: balance. I, I will point out that they have been the most healthy team in the NFL. Like, let's not forget about that. Their main core on offense has not gotten hurt, and that's a big thing in the NFL.
2: Oh, it is. This defense is taking a huge step back too. So this isn't quite the same, you know, Chiefs team. It's definitely interesting, and it's definitely much different. And I'm a huge offensive guy, so I'm definitely super excited about the team that they have out there. But it's totally different, you know,
1: from the seasons past. We'll see. I agree. This is a different there, there, look. some
0: great matchups but, coming up with the Kansas City Chiefs. But it's, you know, it's, they're they're going to play the L.A. Rams it's in still, Mexico City.
1: That's, we'll see what they're <laughs> that's gonna be a good That's going to be a kicker's paradise. It's too early to put the Chiefs up in this upper echelon the category. they are playing right
0: now, they're definitely on the level of the Patriots. I mean, they just they lost by three points. They're just down by a field goal. They put up 40 points against the
1: Patriots. I'm just not ready to put them up on a pedestal yet.
0: I, I'm not putting them on the pedestal, I'm just saying their level of play. Patriots, Chiefs—they're the top two teams in the AFC. Then, if, then the, if Ravens, the Chiefs
2: continue to play this well, then they'll definitely be you know in that conversation. It's all just going to kind of depend on that. You
0: know, yes, I know the Chargers have a five and two record, but they just beat the teams oh. that they're supposed to be beating. Right. Tennessee True. was a good win. That was a good win.
1: I mean, we're forgetting that the Chargers haven't had Joey Bosa this entire year.
2: Yeah, either they're yeah, about to get a lot better. Cornerback in the preseason as well.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, like, this is going to be an interesting division to watch. The only thing I'm 100% certain of is that the Oakland Raiders will finish last in that division.
0: <laughs> well, they're already starting to dismantle their team. They traded Amari Cooper
1: to yeah, Dallas. First-round draft pick. Would you, do After you think that's ball, a good
2: trade, Jason? In London. I think that's a great trade for Gruden. Absolutely. I think that, you know, the Dallas Cowboys might have made a mistake. Um, it's all just going to depend on how well Dak can perform. You know, getting the ball to Amari Cooper. But I think that's a lot to give up. I think that's a lot.
0: I think yeah. it'll benefit both clubs. So, I think, in the Raiders' perspective, this is kind of like the Jimmy Johnson move in a sense. They've already traded Cleo Mack. They got a couple first round picks. Now they get another first round pick with Amari Cooper. He's gonna scrap this team and build it up right. You gotta build it from the ground up and we'll see what happens. Get it ready for Las Vegas. I know it's in a couple years, but when they actually move into their new home.
1: Well, he's playing with house money. You know, he he literally he doesn't have to do really very much because they're moving to Vegas and he signed for ten years. So he's like, All right, I'm just gonna blow this thing up that everyone else has created. team that he wants. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah, exactly it. Yeah.
0: So Jason, Matt and I, once again, we had the opportunity to participate at the Rams camp. They hold it here for the first three weeks of this preseason, then they do the last two weeks up at Cal Lutheran. So they kind of market to both LA and Orange mm-hmm. County. And what we saw in camp, were just like, wow, this team, they just got this swag about them. But this Coach McVay is unreal. I mean, it just comes from a rich football family as it is, but the stuff that he's doing on offense and with this high-powered defense, what are your thoughts? thoughts on the L.A. Rams thus
2: far? So here's my take on the L.A. Rams. As a Seahawks fan, you know, I hate to see what's going on. You know, this team is unbelievable on every side of the ball. But hear me right here, this team is going to have to pay Jared Goff here soon. And when that day comes, you know, if he wants to be the highest paid quarterback, you know, in the history of the game, which I very well think that he could be, this team is going to have to take a huge step back. I see huge parallels between this team and the Seattle Seahawks team that went to multiple Super Bowls. You know, they had all their core players under... uh, rookie contracts or under cheap one-year deals and then you know once success comes you got to pay those players and I definitely don't think that this roster that they have right now is sustainable in any way, shape, or form but I think that this year I think that they're going to coast to the Super Bowl pretty easily. Yeah, I can see that happening.
0: You know, you I'm sorry, Matt. You know, you do bring up a good point. Uh, Seattle, like you said, they had a lot of rookie contracts. They all just gelled together and they just they rose up went to a couple Super Bowls and now this is where they're at but what is the state of the Seattle franchise? Because they still look they're still pretty tough Team, I mean, they gave the Rams a run for their money. Let me tell you, yeah, that, game, that was anybody's I game.
2: I definitely don't think you can call it a rebuild. I think that just having Russell Wilson on the team eliminates the word, you know, rebuilding um, from your franchise from being said. I definitely think that you know we're coming up um, at this year. Once you know, um, we we obviously miss Cam chancer a whole lot. You know, we would love to have him out there, but once you know his salary's freed up and our salary cap. Once Michael Bennett um, is freed up, too, I definitely think they're going to be able to go out in free agency. I think that they'll end up putting the franchise tag on Frank Clark. He's kind of came out and said that he's willing to, you know, take the franchise tag. So I definitely think, you know, once we have all this cap room, I definitely think that, you know, that we're going to have a lot of opportunity to be aggressive in free agency. Something that we haven't really done in a long time. Um, this offensive line is playing great. In front of Russell Wilson, I believe in the last three weeks, they're you know, the number one pass blocking um, offensive line unit, which who would have thought about that going into the season? I think they're on the up and up. I think that they're in a tough division. I think the 49ers are going to be really good coming up here soon once Garoppolo's back healthy, once they can make a few moves in pre-agency. I think this Rams team is fantastic. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be anything to compete with for the next couple of seasons at least. But I, I think that the Seattle the Seattle team is going to be in a really good division, and I think they're going to have a really good team coming up.
1: So right now, if you think about it from a wild card perspective, with the Seahawks and I, I know it's still way early to be talking about
2: this it is but way we, early I tell you I get so upset when I see you know power rankings and I see the Carolina Panthers and I see the Philadelphia Eagles and teams along those lines rank almost an like 8th slot above the Seahawks I, I think that it, is crazy talk
1: it is very crazy that, it's way too early it's like way too early to be kind of like oh this team's better than. I, that's why the whole rankings thing I kind of throw it out the window honestly the Carolina Panthers this past weekend they got away with one they snuck away with one I don't know if you saw that game.
2: They did not take away with one uh, against a team that I don't think is that great in the Philadelphia Eagles. I
1: actually agree with you on that. I think that they kind of took a little step back this season. They haven't been playing to their caliber. That mean, it's just it's the run game for them has been atrocious. It's tough. Yeah, Mike is
2: still coming back, too. He, he doesn't look 100%. Once he gets back to 100%, you know, he's comfortable back on the field. It'll be a different team for sure. But at least at this point, I don't know how you can put the Philadelphia Eagles as a top 10 team. They're with a hot
0: team last year. They got off to a hot start, kind of like how the Chiefs are this year. So I kind of agree with you, as you were saying earlier jason that we'll have to see how the season progresses the Chiefs can maintain this momentum but as far as the philadelphia eagles they've definitely taken a step back if they can get it together they'll still be a playoff team but we'll see they're sitting at three we'll see.
2: they have they have some work to do within their own division to get to those playoffs i think the redskins right now if they can keep riding this i think that they have a solid team i think that they can almost you know take that division and I leave philadelphia fighting for a wild card between carolina in Seattle, because I think the Saints will run away with Carolina's division. So there's gonna be a lot of good teams, you know, fighting for that wild card spot.
0: Oh, definitely. I think the New Orleans League. Saints are the that's that's the team that's gonna win the NFC South. Definitely. Yeah. Drew Brees, is the all-time passing leader now, and they don't have much of a defense, but a defense is playing a little bit better these days. Well, yeah, but they got the offense. Speaking of
1: the NFC mm-hmm. South, like look at look at this. Right now it's New Orleans at five and one, Carolina at four and two, Tampa Bay at three and three, and Atlanta Falcons at three and four. The Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are in last place in that division. Crazy, up. that is crazy. And the, like last night was, the Giants got a late touchdown at the end with five seconds left. So it's it, the score kind of didn't really indicate it. But the Falcons on offense looked amazing, but their defense is so bad. We'll see what ends yeah. up happening. Is like lost teams so many
2: like injuries. that. It's so sad to see. You. I this know. A great team coming into season. They just lost big piece after big piece. Yeah.
1: Everyone wants to say it's the next man up kind of thing, but sometimes there's a player that, like, if the, for example, someone loses their star player, the guy behind him is not a star player, and the NFL is a star driven league. So,
0: mm-hmm. And that's where great coaching comes in, as, as Jason knows. And that's where you got to devise a game plan to maximize what you have.
1: Well, that, that's Definitely. why Bill Belichick is such a great coach, is exactly. because he game plans around taking away your. Your strength.
2: It's crazy to see how Bill Belichick has been literally the only coach in the last I don't even know how many years to continuously beat the salary cap. It doesn't matter who on his team gets injured. It doesn't matter how big of a chunk he you know, loses. He just, not only does he game plan against other people's weaknesses but he can even take his own. He doesn't need you know to have big star players on his lineups. He goes and wins with what he has and I think that's what makes the Patriots so great.
0: You're right. He gets these high football IQ type players and just with passion and guys like Julian Edelman, who was a quarterback high school and college as well. So he and Tom Brady just linked in. They just know what's going on on the field. They see the same thing because he was a quarterback. So he gets players like that, just really smart, intelligent players that play within the system. You're you're not bigger, you do it the Patriot way. It's a thing of beauty to watch all these years for what
2: they have done. Yep. Who's your surprise team? Is is it the Chiefs? Is in like that I'm surprised by how well they're doing right now? Yes. I think the Ravens, just seeing how well they've done. And the games that they've lost have been to some pretty good teams, you know, outside of, you know, that loss to the Browns. But you know, I think That's that a division, they're a really. I think they're just surprising. I am not a believer in Joe Flacco. Um, I can. <laughs> I'll put that out there. I don't think that he has shown in recent years, you know, the ability to do this. But I think that this team could easily be a five and two team right now if they didn't play against, you know, the New Orleans Saints, like the best offensive team, you know, in the league right now. I think they could almost be a six and one team right now.
1: If you're Harbaugh, do you put in Lamar Jackson?
2: No. Do you stick with Flacco? With this record that they have right now, I think you have to stick with Flacco. Right. Um, and he's. You just, know, I think Lamar is yeah. just such a different player and I think that that's just such a huge you know, burden on your offensive coordinator to change you know, a, a proven Super Bowl winning you know, pocket passer to just go to a running kind of style quarterback offense. Um, if they have an offensive coordinator that they think can accomplish that, then I don't see you know why they might not do it, but I just think that that's a whole lot to, you know ask for, especially midseason to completely change your offense. Joe Flacco
0: is starting to develop some really good
2: camaraderie
0: with John Brown, as you notice, uh, William Sneed. Mm-hmm. so the, Willie Sneed. So yes, you know it, it takes time to put all this together, but they have a really good defense. They got Eric Weddle. No one prepares for a defensive game like Eric Weddle. Let me tell you, hey, we had another buddy on here uh, who played football with Eric Weddle, and he, he would send him you know plays and like all the stuff what quarterbacks do and all their little signs and signals so you kind of know what the play is going to be and you, Mm -hmm. you you prepare yourself mentally more so than you more than the physical aspect of the game it's pretty cool. So, I kind of agree with you. The Ravens definitely are a, a bit of a surprise, but I called it. I said they're going to win the NFC North, our AFC. North. Really? Excuse me. Yeah. I think the Ravens are going to win good. the
2: AFC North. That's a great take. I would have never thought that, but you know, looking back at it right now, you know, you know, it's a really great take. I think this team's going to be, you know, uh, a force in the AFC for sure. I
1: mean, I'll make the argument for starting Lamar Jackson. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the NFL in general is moving to more of a hybrid NFL and college we're seeing more and more nowadays of people going outside the pocket and throwing the ball Baker Mayfield Okay, Patrick Mahomes. We're seeing this where you can be anywhere on the field. Look at Russell Wilson, too. I mean, we're seeing people going outside of the pocket and trying to make plays. Lamar Jackson made plays. A guy can play.
0: Mahomes, though, he was doing a lot in the pocket, but you're right. He can move out of the pocket. He doesn't really take off running too much, but he does enough to keep you
1: honest. That's when the magic comes with Mahomes is when he's outside of the pocket. I've seen him make throws that he's like, they always say, don't throw over your like left shoulder. He does it and he throws Throws
2: it like forty yards, right and on the dime, ball, unlike anything this league has seen in a long time. <laughs>
0: but, but his throwing motion is more of that baseball motion, like that Kershaw pitch, right? The, you yeah. know, or Sale that's going tonight. It's more like that, so it's. I'll make he the. Who puts knows the ball how he makes that where
2: it
1: It does. It does have yeah. a little weird spiral, yeah. but I mean, I'll make the take that that's the future of quarterbacks in the NFL is the guys that can get outside the pocket and make plays like oh, that. The and, now, and they copied the blueprint from your man Russell Wilson. I'll, I'll put, i put that 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 is the future of quarterbacks in the NFL, and I'll I'll live by that. If I'm wrong, like I'm wrong, but if you're going to be a team that is sitting with a pocket passer that's not doing very well, you got to try something new. You know, you you don't yeah, do anything totally, doing the same. I don't think
2: that you're wrong at all. I think that when you kind of look across the board, the only teams with those pure pocket passers are the, you know the Giants and the Patriots and the Saints. But you know when you're thinking about the Patriots and Saints, Drew Brees and Tom Brady have been in the league a long time. You know, other than that, you kind of look across the board. and You don't really see too many teams that have quarterbacks that are just sitting in the pocket um, you know at all outside of those couple of teams yeah it's crazy I totally agree with what you're saying
0: yeah even big Ben of the Steelers you know most of his magic happens when he gets out of the pocket you you want to keep him contained in the pocket as he
2: gets out of the pocket something good always happens of course Alex Smith Kirk Cousins you know Garoppolo can run the ball um Josh Allen can run the ball as we've seen you know Baker Mayfield whoever it be Jameis Winston yeah, all these teams have quarterbacks and get out and make plays for sure. I definitely think that's where the league's going.
0: It is Deshaun Watson. The Houston Texans oh. are sitting in first place right now in
1: their division. Well, right, right now here's the the stat. I'm, I every single radio show says stat of the day, so I'm going to say it's the stat of our show and then change it up a little bit. Deshaun Watson before last week was hit seventy times. Wow. Throughout the season, wow. the next mm, highest team, the next highest team was 43,
2: 43. Wow. As a as a Seahawks fan over the last couple of years, I can tell you I feel for those Houston Texans fans for sure.
0: Yeah, I know Russell Wilson's taking a pounding too. It's uh how is that offensive line now? They seem they, they they've really they've good they've gotten the Rams. They're getting
2: better.
1: That's what he was saying.
2: Yeah, I, I believe the last like I said the last 3 weeks, you know, I believe that they're literally number 1 in terms of pass blocking, you know, efficiency. I think that he's only been hit a couple of times over his last, you know, 100 dropbacks. I think that 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 unit is just, I think the hats off to the coaching. Not only that coaching, but DJ Fluker coming in. I think that he's been a complete game changer. And one of the biggest things is Dwayne Brown. You know, he's healthy. Last year, he was playing through some ankle sprains and some knee things. But he is healthy, and he looks great over that left tackle position. That's just something Seattle hasn't had in a while.
1: That's very true. Well, I got I got to get this in before, you know, cuz we it's 8:40 right now. Yeah, I know our time's moving pretty fast. It's, get- time flies when you're having fun, you're oh, talking it is. sports. Oh, it is. Really quick, give me some NBA takes. Do you think the Lakers win 50 games? Nah. Uh,
2: wow. Um, no. Does anyone knock off the Warriors? I think if any team's going to do it, it's going to be the Boston Celtics, but they haven't played fantastic. It's so early. It's so early still. But no, I don't think that any team is going to knock off this. I think that this is, hopefully, you know, for just NBA fans in general, I hope this is, you know, the last year of this Power 5 Golden State Warriors. I hope, I mean, DeMarcus Cousins will probably most likely leave. He's going to get his championship and then go sign a max contract somewhere. And I hope, you know, either Clay or Draymond goes out and gets some money. I hope that they go out and, you know, make this a competitive league. because This Warriors team is just absolutely unbeatable.
0: Oh, they are. When the Warriors match up with the Rockets, do you think when Chris Paul shoots another three over Stephen Curry, is he going to do his little shimmy like he did last year?
2: <laughs> I, I don't think so. I, I mean, I wish, I really wish, you know, I was watching that game when Chris Paul got hurt, and I just, I remember that heart breaking my heart. I just, that was such a good series. And it was, was an opportunity for NBA fans to see something different. opportunity, especially for NBA fans, to see LeBron James win another championship but um you know Chris Paul going down you know that was just that was a total heartbreaker
1: oh my gosh you know what i'll say this what? even with the warriors being this good people still tune in They still watch. They want to see them lose. That's why people watch, and that's why this is good for the NBA. It's always
0: like that. It's like with the Bulls dynasty, the Lakers dynasty. People want to watch them lose. Yeah, but they only watch in the playoffs, though. They don't watch
2: it in the regular season.
1: I I don't disagree with you there. I I watch it in the
2: regular season. I know you watch it, (laughs) Matt (laughs) Bird. No, it's just, yeah, it's so
0: weird having basketball already started because usually you think Halloween, that's when it starts up, but... Jason, we're we're so grateful that I, you're able to join us this morning. I know.
1: I got, one I got I got one last question. Who, one last question. Who wins Rookie of the Year for NBA?
2: The Rook wow. of the Year. I think that. Oh man, that's a great question. But I'm gonna go with our boy, you know, DeAndre Ayton. I think that he is just gonna put up, you know, double double after double double. I think that he's not. They might not be a playoff team, um, but I think that he's definitely gonna put a huge step and turn that whole franchise around. I think he and Devin Booker are gonna be great together. I think that he definitely has, you know, a really
1: good shot about it. What about you? Uh, that's, we're just copying answers today. It's, well, it's always agree. been Aiden, you know. DeAndre, <laughs> you can make an yeah. argument for Luka Doncic, but uh, honestly, Aiden's been putting up some pretty unreal numbers. I think <laughs> in the, the last game against the Warriors yesterday, he had uh, I think he definitely had a double-double and he had a pretty good amount of assists. I can get you those exact stats right here. He had 14 rebounds. I mean, like, that's a pretty good number. He had 20 points and he had five assists. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's going to be a stud. He
2: is. But. He keeps those numbers up. Yeah, we were very fortunate to be able to, you know, be Arizona the Wildcat fans and watch him play at U of A. That was great. I was at the, um, you know, the Pac 12 championship last year, and it was just, you know, no regrets. Great experience.
1: Yeah, the the Wildcat Arizona basketball will be back, but rest assured, there's, there's a little you, blip. They haven't gotten, and, and none of the tapes have surfaced. <laughs> I'm still on it, but none of the tapes have surfaced. Well, Jason, yeah. you stay at it with that youth football coaching. I
0: tell you, you know, you're hey, making a difference, it. and it was such a pleasure having you on again. And uh, thank you
2: so much for having me. You know, I love absolutely. being on here, I love talking sports,
0: always. Thanks, Jason. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, take care, you guys. Have a good one. You too. Well, that was Jason Sass up there in Seattle. Very articulate. Yeah, yeah. What what great insight he has. Just very knowledgeable in sports, but more importantly, just coaching our youth to the right way we'll come up next you have claudia Chamball. this is the, getting the voting season so i'm sure she's got a surprise guest for you or Ooh. several
1: guests i always love listening to her show Ask when i to drive her. to work uh,
0: well i always listen when i'm yeah exactly when i'm driving away so i think she might just enter the building but real quick when i mentioned uh big west players of the week darren hamilton and ivan canales They crushed it. They crushed it. They crushed it. We'll have more on it next week. So until then, all sports matter.